we've all heard the horror stories of uh, melting credit cards and uh, <laughs> Google stole my money. Um, they didn't. You just got the settings wrong on your account. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey there, listener. A special Christmas welcome to Traffic Jam. At the time this show is planned to go to air, it should be Christmas Eve, perhaps even Christmas Day, depending on where you are in the world. So from me and all of the team behind the Traffic Jam podcast, a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Now, I do hope to bring you gifts galore on Traffic Jam 59 as we welcome Google AdWords expert Mike Rhodes to the show. Now, Mike is probably one of the best teachers of Google AdWords the world over. He's also the co-author of the latest edition of The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords, along with Perry Marshall. So that should give you some indication of Mike's credo. But before we get stuck into the interview with Mike, I want to tell you about the special bonus that accompanies this podcast And for this bonus, I've dug very deep into the archives to pull out my notes from a $1,000 event in Australia where Mike Rhodes presented his top AdWords innovations of the time. Now, these notes cover some of the best, but perhaps most underutilized features in Google AdWords. Now, to get your hands on these one-of-a-kind notes, go right now to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 59. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So let's introduce Mike Rhodes. Mike is the founder of Web Savvy, widely considered the number one Google AdWords agency in Australia. He's the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords, which he wrote with the godfather of Google AdWords, Perry Marshall himself, who incidentally describes Mike as the best in the world AdWords ninja. Now, I've personally known Mike for several years. We've been in a mastermind together. We're going to be speaking alongside each other at an event in Sydney in March 2015. He's the best in the business and he gets my absolute highest endorsement when it comes to Google AdWords. Now, do you want to know why? Well, I think you're about to find out on Traffic Jam 59. So let's welcome to the show Mike Rhodes from PPC Savvy. So welcome back, listeners. You're tuned into episode 59 of Traffic Jam. And joining me here today is Mike Rhodes from Web Savvy. Mike, how are you doing? I'm very good, James. Very good. How are you, sir? I am excellent. As you hear, just a little rundown with a cough and cold, but super excited for today's show. So that will soon get me back on track, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Mike, there are literally dozens of ways to get traffic that are perhaps more targeted and cost-effective than Google AdWords. So as we kind of end of... 2014 going into 2015 with kind of stronger competition and higher click costs than almost ever in the past on AdWords. Why should we still be doing Google ads? That's a very, very good question. Um, it is still where your market hang out. Um, Facebook certainly would be the big competitor to AdWords now. Um, certainly here in Australia, AdWords is still 
where everybody goes to search for something. In the States, you know, maybe 30% is being here in Australia. Maybe that's 4%, 5%. I don't know what the stat is for Dubai. You probably do. Oh, it's crazy. It's like, I think, 95% market share for Google in this region. Yeah, so pretty, pretty similar to here. Here it's 92, 94, depending on who you read. Um, It's basically all Google. And a vast number of those people, that's still where they're going to go when they're looking to buy something. People at this point in time, at least, end of 2014, may well be distracted with an ad on Facebook. Everybody I know doing well on Facebook, the vast majority of them are using uh, website custom audiences or or Facebook remarketing. Um, That works the best for a lot of people that I know, sort of all the other types of marketing you can do on Facebook, maybe not as good. But between Facebook and the display network of, of Google, so we've, we'll dive right into the, the deep end here, um, <laughs> you can cover a huge, huge range of things. And then compare that to what are your other options? You can go back to doing local papers or, God bless, yellow pages or TV, radio. So compared to the above-the-line options, I still believe that, yes, it is more expensive. It's certainly more competitive. It's certainly harder to use Google profitably but in the right hands, it is still one of the best tools that any small business or any business uh, can use to drive people to their websites. And of course, there's, there's always new features, new parts to the AdWords machine coming out all the time. So staying on top of that, something we pride ourselves in and knowing how to use those things properly uh, is what makes the difference. Anybody yeah. can start an AdWords campaign. It's very easy to, 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 to set it up and have an 80% done AdWords campaign, but that last 5-10% is what makes all the difference. Yeah, and I think that is one of the things, right? I mean, AdWords has perhaps more intricacies and a steeper learning curve to something like a Facebook, where literally, almost to get the best results, you can just install one pixel and set and forget the campaign, and over time, Facebook will get it to perform for you. But with AdWords, there is more to it. With that being the case, what does it really kind of take to succeed, especially for those kind of just getting started out with Google AdWords? The tricky bit is for those very low spend accounts, because if you're only spending 500, a grand, two grand a month, then it's going to be very difficult to find an agency to outsource that that's any good for a start. Um, And it's probably not going to be particularly cost effective for you to try and learn that and to go up against as an advertiser, um, yeah, a competitor that might be being run by an agency like ours. So that's the the really tricky bit. Um, getting educated is obviously vital. We've all heard the horror stories of uh, melting credit cards and uh, <laughs> Google stole my money. Um, they didn't. You just got the settings wrong on your account. So again, it, it's the tool. How you use the tool determines your success. You know, fire can be used to burn your hut down or heat your dinner. It just depends how you use the tool. Um, if you're just getting started, then obviously getting educated, um, getting as much training material and, and learning on a low budget, that's fine. Um, there are certainly a few things that I would say at, at this point uh, in AdWords, end of 2014, are uh, lower risk areas to start. Um, for instance, remarketing or YouTube campaigns, both would be excellent places to start. Um but if you were to dive into yeah, a, a non-brand campaign and, and, and something like mortgage refinance, then you're probably going to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> well, let's talk about kind of some of these cash burning scenarios because we have all hmm. you know heard them. 
what are some of like the biggest mistakes that you see Google advertisers making, especially those starting out where literally they do melt their credit cards or burn through, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars overnight? Well, if, yeah, if it's a, if it's a money thing, then it's because they they haven't understood um, the fact that you are able to set your bid for every single keyword in your account, and most importantly, a campaign level budget. So by that I mean all the keywords and everything that you're bidding on. You got a campaign level budget. Google will not spend more than you than you offer. It'll go a little bit over. Some days it will go up to twenty percent over. So let's say your your budget is a hundred bucks a day. There will be days where Google will go up to $120, but over the course of a month, a 30 point whatever it is day period, they I think it's 30.4 that they work on, uh, they will not spend, so let's say it's 100 bucks a day, they will not spend more than $3,040 yep. during that period. So if you're melting your credit card, it's because you got your budget wrong, first and foremost. Got it. That's a great place to start. Let's talk about some scenarios with uh, ad copy i really wanted to ask you about this because i think it's one of the areas that you know can make the biggest difference to your campaign and probably the one of the areas where people fall sort of so flat with what tips have you got or formulas have you got for creating ad copy that sort of stands out and gets clicks i'll I'll combine this with the answer i should have given you just now as well because you did ask me about biggest mistakes um budget is only one so let me um give you the other big one and then combine that with this answer um and that huge mistake is not really understanding the structure of Google AdWords. Within an account, you can have numerous campaigns, and a campaign holds a number of ad groups. An ad group is like a bucket. It holds a number of keywords, and it has an ad slapped on the front. So, so when somebody types in something that Google matches to one of those keywords, technically speaking, let's just say for sake of argument, Google somebody types in one of those keywords, they see the ad on the front of that bucket. They see the ad that's in that ad group. And obviously, you should be testing, We'll talk about that in a sec, but they see that ad. One of the biggest, biggest mistakes is people set it up, they have one campaign, one big ad group, so one huge bucket within that campaign with dozens and dozens or maybe even hundreds and hundreds of keywords in that bucket. Yeah. What that means is somebody searching for any one of those keywords, they all see the same ad. I'll give you an example. Um, I was auditing an account this morning. The guy is selling segways and Everything was all in the one account. So Segway batteries, Segway for kids, Segway X2, Segway parts, they're all in this one campaign, which means all of those very, very different people looking for very different things because all those keywords are in the one ad group. And they call ad groups, not keyword groups, because they're all seeing the same ad. That's the mistake because that means that is not the most relevant ad for each of those people to see. Yeah. Where AdWords is going to work well for you is the person searching for the, the kids thing sees an ad that talks about the kid thing. And because you've got a different ad, you're able to send those people to a different page on your site. You're able to send them to the kids page on your website. The person searching for the uh, spare parts sees an ad about spare parts and they're taken to the spare parts page on the site. Yeah. So that's where the ad copy part of the, the answer comes in. They need to, first and foremost, when you're starting out, certainly the best thing that you can test is showing them what they're looking for. So don't get fancy, don't wordsmith it to the nth degree. Certainly don't use puns and wordplay uh, and trying to be too clever, which some you know more experienced copywriters may sometimes try to do. Direct response copy is short, sweet, to the point. Here's, I know what you're looking for, I, I've got that. And showing them that one, you're very relevant 
you've got what they what they're looking for and ideally some sort of point of difference like why am i going to click you compared to all of those other things that i could click on on that page of results the brain loves a deal loves a bargain loves something different if everybody's saying the same thing it's very hard for our brains to figure out well they, they all look the same what's the difference which one should i click I'll, I'll click this one at the top they all look the same but if you can stand out if you can be different if you offer something that other people don't that is going to help you enormously with adwords yeah and that's very different to writing ad copy for let's say a facebook where you've got to kind of move people out of their current mental state you know they're looking at friends photographs and now you've got to you know entice them with something mm. that's going to compel them away whereas adwords at least in you know the search network is the opposite. You've got to get in tune with currently what they're thinking and show them exactly what they're looking for at that time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not interruption marketing. It's the, it's the old Robert Collier line. I think it was 1953, right? That of you've got to enter the conversation already going on yep. in your prospect's mind. Um, that is as true today as it was 60 years ago. So what's the difference between sort of setting a campaign up for search, you know, which you've kind of just described and doing something on the Google display network? Because I know you're a big fan of the Google display network, but you've mm. also admitted that kind of in the wrong hands, it can also kind of fall foul. What are your tips for getting a, a GDN campaign set up correctly? Uh, Perry Marshall, who your listeners will know, um, and I know that you've had on the show before, um, has, a, has a lovely analogy that I like to use here. Um, if, if search is like checkers or drafts for us English people, then the display network is like chess. There, there are infinitely more complex, infinitely more moves that you can make, which is why so many people fall flat, like you say, and, and do not make display work. Um, I've taught literally hundreds of agencies at this point how to use display properly, and it never fails to surprise me how little people understand display. And you've got to understand it from Google's side, uh, to really work out how to make it work. Um, the short answer is that there are a vast variety of ways to target who sees your ad. There, there are, I'll give you three sort of quick groups. So the first one is the easy one. It's called managed placements. What that means is you are saying to Google, right, I reckon my prospect is going to show up on this website, be that the New York Times or Oprah or this tiny little blog about um making shoes that, that I've found. And I reckon my prospect's going to appear on, on these sites. I would like you to put my ads on those sites and then we'll just sit back and wait for them to appear. And that's traditionally how a lot of media buying has been done. Oh, no, we're going to put you on this big website over here. We're going to buy 20 million impressions for the month. Oh, because you're such a good client, we actually got you 22 million impressions. <laughs> uh, yes, lovely. Um, did that actually put any money in my bank account? Um, I hate those reports. I hate reports that talk about impressions or, oh, your, your click-through rates double the industry average. Uh, okay, based on what exactly? They're, they're very self-serving reports that you'll get yeah. from those media buyers. And because they all pocket 10% straight off the bat, they are under, yeah, no, there's no benefit to them in terms of educating people about platforms like Google where you get infinitely more control and all these other ways to target. So the next way to target then is this thing called contextual targeting. So there you're going to give Google essentially a list of themes. We don't need to worry about the detail of how to do that, but you can give Google a list of themes essentially and say, go find pages that are about 
making shoes. I don't know why that random example came up, but um, it's not what you bought your wife for Christmas, is it? I mean, it's, it's Christmas <laughs> shopping season. <laughs> I would not pretend to try and choose the type of shoes. Oh no, dangerous with. territory! No, I'm, I'm smarter than that. Um, no, um, Google knows which pages on which websites match that context. We haven't got a clue. Google's got access to way, way more data than it'll ever share with us. So we can say to Google, look, I don't know what they are, but you do. So these are the themes of the type of page I'd like you to find. Go find those and then stick my ads on those pages next to that content. And there's all sorts of things that you can do there to to help shape that. Obviously, all the control that exists in a Google search campaign is still available to you. So you can say, only show these to people that are in Dubai. They might be reading the New York Times, but only show them to people because they're in Dubai or because it's a Tuesday afternoon or because Google thinks that they're male age 45 to 55. All of that control still exists. It's just a different way of targeting. But the third way is definitely my favorite, something that, yeah, we have probably become one of the top two agencies in the world, I would say, at this point in time, and that's the behavioral targeting that Google offers. And there's many, many different ways within this. Remarketing is one of them, but whereby you're targeting your ads to people based on some sort of previous behavior. In the case of remarketing, it's some sort of behavior that they have exhibited on your website, a a known behavior. You know they've been to the men's section of your site or the kids section or the sales section or that they spent more than five minutes on your site or that they came into your site from a particular email campaign or that they added a product to the shopping cart but haven't bought yet or that they read more than seven blog posts and watched a video. Whatever behavior that is that you want to define, almost limitless, you can define that behavior. You know that they were someone that's returned to your website for more than five times and in total across those five visits, they've spent more than half an hour on your site. You can use that targeting too or that they came to your site from Google Organic in the States. That's infinite. It's limitless. It really is at this point. Green yeah. marketing is, is fabulous. We're going to add another mic. Otherwise, I was going to also just move on to remarketing. Um, well, just yeah, very, very quickly, just very quickly. Um, there's a couple of other types there. One that we're having huge success with at the moment is a thing called in-market audiences. So this is the, the best non-remarketing type of behavior or targeting. That was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> Google knows an awful lot about all of us, right? So it, you know, it covers 95% of Dubai, let's call it 93% of Australia. They know a lot about us. They know what we've been searching for. They know the websites we've been to. They know our buying behavior. They know which sites we buy on and which ones we don't. They know how we behave when the weather's doing different things. You know, God knows how much data they have about how we behave. Google has figured out then, and it's got a list of about, at this point, about 550 different categories of what people might be in the market for. Everything from watches to um, juices and blenders to auto insurance and pr- pretty much everything that you can think of. Business services is coming in February and March next year. We're waiting for that one to come out. But Google has figured out all of these people that use Google. You can target people based on the fact that Google believes they are in the market for the product or service that you sell right now. They get really specific with that. I can target people based on the fact that Google knows they are in the market for a flight to Austin, Texas, or a five-star hotel in Austin, Texas. It's incredibly granular. 
And once you see the list, which is available to anybody, you just log into Google's help area and find that list. Once you see that list, your brain will explode with possibilities. These are people in the market to buy a new Mercedes in Dubai. Right now, I can put an ad in front of them. So I don't have to worry about all these themes and all this, like which website they're going to go to. Google knows who they are. I don't care where you put the ads, Google. Find those people and put these ads in front of them and I'll pay you only if and when they click on one of those ads and I'll take them to my landing page. Incredibly powerful. It's almost like they're bringing search into display, right? I mean, you're almost getting into that sort of buyer psychology, people that are researching products and services and you're appearing in front of them, even though they haven't just done a search for you. So it's almost like these two sort of worlds colliding on Google in one place. Very, very powerful. It's absolutely like that. It's, it's almost like being able to, well, well, we'll talk about remarketing in a sec, but it's almost like being able to put that remarketing code on your competitor's site. You're, you're, Google is telling you, look, they're in the market for what you've got, but they haven't been to your website yet. Would you like to show an ad to them? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, there's only one answer to that question. Really, there is. Well, anyway, let, let's move on to remarketing. I certainly wanted to get to that that topic. The place I wanted to start was really comparing, you know, these sort of plug and play remarketing options that are very readily available now. Things like, you know, AdRoll and other ones like that. We've now started to paint a picture, I think, of really why potentially Google AdWords is more powerful based on, you know, previous actions that they may have taken on your website, which really isn't available through something like AdRoll. What other sort of options exist, though, going through the Google AdWords platform over, you know, one of these sort of more sort of generic retargeting options available to us? Yeah, it, there's no potential about it. Google is, is infinitely more powerful than something like AdRoll. I have a particular uh, place in, in hell for, no, I won't, I won't go that harsh, but I really dislike AdRoll for the main reason that of the way they measure success. So how I prefer to measure success, and, and bear in mind, we should say here that, that no attribution model is perfect. And I know that, that your uh, your listeners are, are smart, uh, generally agency types that they can understand. Uh, we're diving straight into here at the the uh, yeah, AdWords three hundred one level, um, but attribution is a thorny issue, and no attribution model is perfect. But last click attribution, sort of saying, okay, did this ad actually did a click on this ad lead to a sale and lead to money? I think that's a, a far far better model than saying. Did somebody randomly sort of half see this ad on Tuesday afternoon? They didn't actually look at it for very long. They didn't even click on it. But we're going to take that view of that ad and we're going to say, yep, yep, that, that, that's a conversion. That was us. That was us that caused that sale that maybe happened nine days later yeah. uh, through a completely different medium. And AdRoll by, by default use view through conversions and I think that's cheating. It just smells wrong to me. And so I, I see so many people go, oh, look at look at our ad roll stats. They're working really well. And with a couple of clicks of a button, I can show them that actually they didn't get 150 conversions. They got four. Yeah. Uh, and that is not uncommon. So that's partly why I don't like that system. So yeah, Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, sorry, everyone's leaving the office. Um, so, yeah, Google, where was I going? Um, just the power of that. Go on, you were going to ask me a question, which would be very helpful at this point. <laughs> no, perfect. Well, it sounds like everyone's off on their Christmas jolly, so uh, that's all all good. I guess it's a Thursday afternoon yes. in uh, Melbourne, Australia. It's probably time to hit the Christmas pub, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was, was going to ask a question. That was really down to then what 
available options are there within oh, the power of it the okay. power of it yeah and i think it, it is really coming down to this sort of behavioral based targeting within remarketing right and i've heard you talk on this right. topic a lot before so i know you're a real master of it so just maybe peel the lid back on one or two of those things that you can do with adwords that you can't do with an ad role or others certainly um you've got two main options so you're still going to use adwords to serve the ads to sh to show your remarketing ads be there image ads or text ads don't ignore remarketing text ads a lot of our clients get a lot of success from text ads so it's not just about showing banners but you've got two main ways of building the remarketing list in other words the group of people that are going to see those ads the the first is within adwords itself uh, and that is very powerful but compared to the second option I'm going to show you in a second, it is restrictive. And the reason it's restrictive is that the the way you build a list within AdWords is to give it certain rules. And almost all of those rules revolve around the URL that's displayed across the top of the browser. So if you want to say, build a group of people called a remarketing list or a remarketing audience, we'll use those terms interchangeably, uh, of everybody that's visited the men's section of my site, then you know, URL contains slash men's done easy rule or everybody that read blog posts uh, url contains slash blog done very easy to do but it's all url based so people that have been to my cart url contains cart but not been to the thank you page url contains thanks that's a really easy audience to build that's very easy to, to create an abandoned cart group of people that i can follow around and show ads to over the next few weeks the power, though, really comes when you start to link the most powerful tool on the planet for building remarketing lists, which every single one of your listener already has installed on the website because it's called Google Analytics and 55% of the world uses it. Google Analytics, what you think about all of those reports, which none of us ever have the time to go into enough detail in, in analytics, all of those what they call dimensions and metrics. So things like the city that somebody was in, how they got to your website, that traffic source. So I was kind of alluding to this before. You know, did they come in from a particular email? Did they come in from Google Organic or from Facebook? Or did they come from your uh, a particular AdWords ad? Because if they came from a uh, a search ad or they came from a display ad, they're probably two quite different types of quality of prospect. Uh, what are some others? Um, new versus returning. That's going to make a big, big difference in the propensity of somebody to buy. Uh, one that we see huge success with is a thing called page depth. If somebody has been, and this varies site by site, this, this varies dramatically, but particularly for e-commerce sites, somebody that's been 10 or 15 or 25 pages deep into your site, pull the report that's available to you in analytics with a little bit of work, pull that report and you'll probably find people are converting at 10, 20. I've got clients where those people convert at 40, 50%. That's crazy. People that have been 25 pages deep, uh, I can then segment by device and say, okay, but just the people from desktops and just the people that were returning more than twice. How many people of those have I got? Oh, okay, I got 10,000 in the last week and 50% of them bought. Well, hang on, I've got this group of people here, half of whom, half have bought, the other half got interrupted. It's not like they didn't like my website. They were there for 20 minutes. They've looked at 25 pages. They've been back more than a couple of times. They're going to buy, given the opportunity. Who knows why they got interrupted, but 
that's the first group that I want to go get in front of. So it, the real power comes from you think about all the different all the different data points that are in Google Analytics. You can use pretty much any of those to tell Google, hey, here's a group of people that are highly likely to convert. That's the group of people I want to get back in front of. Please show them my ads. There literally are like infinite you know, possibilities here, Mike, in terms of how you could segment those audiences. Where should we start? It sounds like one of them certainly is based on, you know, the how deep they've gone in the site and how many pages they've viewed. But is there any other way to sort of cut this cake up that would be really worth our listeners looking into as well? Go on then. I'll give you I'll give you my checklist. I have not actually published this anywhere yet. So uh, good question to ask. Traffic jam exclusive. <laughs> Here you go. Love it. <laughs> All right. So um, first thing I look at is who? What do I know about the person? Now, this is inferred by Google, but it's always worth a look. I generally won't always use these, but certainly age and gender. Uh, there's now parental status in there. What do I know about the person? That gives me a clue. I had a site uh, I was looking at a couple of days ago where people over 45 were six times more likely to buy than people that weren't. So that probably plays into my remarketing strategy. Probably also gives me some intelligence to use with my Facebook strategy or with my general display ads. Yeah. Or maybe how I'm going to talk about it in you know the, the the various benefits that I offer and how I talk about it in my search ad. It probably changes the imagery that I'm going to use on my website and the subject line of my email. Like it, it it feeds so many other things when you really start to think deeply about this. Then I think okay, what do I know about um, how they use the internet? So what device are they on? That's a big one, desktop, tablet, or mobile. Uh, we all know, those, those of us that have been using AdWords for a while, uh, that the ability to target people using tablets or the people using mobiles disappeared a year and a half ago. Thank you, Google. There are some sneaky ways around that just between you and me. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's difficult to target. Well, with remarketing using analytics, you can. You can say, what happens if I just target those tablet users and I only show them ads back on their tablets? That can work really, really well. The browser or the operating system that they use, that can give you some good clues about the type of person that they are. And sometimes you'll find there are big differences in conversion rates there. Uh, geography. Um, I'll often have particularly Australian clients that come to me and, and say, oh, we want to start selling in the States. Uh, this is a once a month occurrence with a, a, a new client usually. Uh, and I'll pull the data and say, yes, it's true. You did get 30,000 visits from the States last month and they converted at 0.09%. Uh, you're not ready to sell into the States yet. You don't want to spend that AdWords money. This data is telling us that, and, and therefore, would you want to remarket to those 30,000 people? Would you want to, what most people do, let's back up a sec, most people remarket to everybody that came to their site. They have one remarketing list and it's called all visitors that came to my site in the last 30 days. The, the key here is to treat different people differently. And that might mean that we exclude the people that have come from the States because they convert at 0.9% it was the one I was looking at compared to an average of 2.5% for the rest of the site. Um, or it might mean that we just find the the best of the best of the best people and just remarket to them. Because if we do that, we know we can afford to spend more for each click. And we also get to think about, well, what's the, what's the message I need to show this person? What does that ad look like? What does their landing page need to look like? Did this person discover me through the YouTube ads that I was running? They probably like video. I should probably have a video on the landing page. 
Uh, I'll run through this very quickly for you. So uh, geography, uh, traffic source, massive one there. You know, organic, direct, email, referral, or paid. They're going to be your main five. Um, and then what do I know about how they uh, use the site, what they did on the site? So new versus returning, we've mentioned. Uh, time on site, how long did they spend on the site? Page depth, I mentioned now it's a little harder to, to, to pull the data for, but that is a strong, strong indicator. Obviously, how much revenue did they spend, did, did these people buy? Uh, I don't have to only show remarketing ads to people that have not converted yet. If I've got a group of people that spend maybe 250 bucks per transaction and my average is 100, then that's a really good group of people to build a list for too. Or people that buy frequently. So, you know, the, the whales, we might call them. Um, and site search. You know, if, if you have a some sort of widget, so a search sort of widget on your site, or uh, we did a lot of work with McGrath, big real estate agent here in Australia. And they obviously, being a real estate agent, have that sort of widget of you know, search for your house. You know, what do you want? Three bedrooms with a yard and a view. And in this area of town, someone that interacts with that widget has shown significant additional interest compared to the average person. So we tag all of those people, the cookie, all of those people and say, right, these people, that's a good group of people to follow around and show ads to. Um, I'm going to give you one last thing. If, if, I, if I know we're short on time, but um, go for it, Mike. This is all awesome stuff. So I'm going to give the floor to you. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, where you really get the best bang for buck, again, it's treating different people differently. And this depends on the buying cycle of your business. And, and that's going to be very, very different for, for every industry. But you can set this up so that you are bidding differently over time. So let's say it's a, a typical e-commerce site. Someone's been to my site. I, I, I want to spend more to get that person back in the first two, three, four days, because I, I know they're pretty much hot to trot at this point. I want to get them before they go buy this from anybody else. Two weeks from now, I may still want to show them an ad. It might be a different ad, but I probably still want to show them an ad. I don't want to spend as much. And a month from now, I definitely don't want to spend that much. And six months from now, I'm probably not remarketing to them. I might. It depends on the nature of the business, how often people buy from you, and if you have a new product. Uh, that's about the only time that you might use that that all visitor list. You know, you come out with a new product and you want to tell everybody that's been to your website in the past year and a half, hey, we've got this cool thing. Or your CEO does something really stupid and you need to tell your side of the story. Um, or you're a charity and you've just finished your event and you would like to very subtly say thank you to all the people that are, that are involved. You could use a, a big remarketing list just to run ads to say thank you to everybody involved. You don't, by the way, say, hey, thanks for being part of the blah, blah, blah. You never refer to that known behavior because that's just too creepy. They <laughs> are. We know that you were part. We, you know, I did CEO sleep out a while ago. I, I wouldn't have wanted to see an ad that said, "Hey, thanks for for being one of the thousand and one CEOs that slept on the streets of Melbourne." Blah blah blah. But if I saw an ad that said, "Thanks to everybody involved in the CEO sleep out, we just raised four point three million dollars," that's going to make me feel good. And if they were smart, they could start following me around eleven months from now, just before the next event and start to show ads to me because they know my known previous behavior. And that would probably be a really, really smart thing to do to get people back to that charity website and get people involved the following year. Just saying. Perfect. Well, Mike, I think 
people's brains are probably exploding right now, I mean, especially if they've been doing remarketing in that typical fashion of all website visitors, or perhaps even worse, just targeting those people that haven't already converted. Um, as you've so rightly put, it's actually far better to target those people who've already got a propensity to buy and have been spending money with you. So thank you for that. I think we should wrap things up there. One, because it's Christmas and you're probably due to go off and grab a mulled wine somewhere in Melbourne, but also just to be sort of mindful of your time and also so that we can send our listeners off somewhere else to sort of dig a little bit deeper into all of this stuff. And I know you have got some sort of training and resources that would help people really get to the next level with Google AdWords. So mm. why don't you share where those places are on the web so we can head people off to those locations all right uh, well the cheap place to start is is the book that have, has just been published uh, uh, that perry marshall and myself co-authored uh, and brian todd the wonderful brian todd shouldn't forget brian um get that for i think it's about 19 bucks on book depository free shipping around the world and all that uh, that's a great place to start if you're new to adwords uh if you've got a little bit i mean we have new people join but if you've got a little more experience and you just want to go the next level the thing I found most annoying, going back a little bit in time, um, none of the bloody training was up to date, and it used to frustrate the hell out of me. Um, and I'm guilty of this. I have a course that I did with James Shrimko about, oh, I don't know, three and a half years ago, and it's still knocking around somewhere. It, it's in my membership area, but I'm able now, because everyone's been nagging me for so long to, to create this membership area, I'm creating new material every single month. So whenever something new comes out, we will test it within the agency and then I'll share that new thing. I'll often share results where I'm able to of, of how that worked for us and how that worked for, for various clients, obviously keeping privacy for our clients. Um, checklists, uh, mind maps, cheat sheets, uh, a massive Q&A forum. We've got some really, really smart people in there. Um, it's brand new. It's, we've only been going two, three months. Um, so it's it's my baby at the moment, and I do spend a ridiculous amount of time in there answering questions and, and creating trading materials. And the community vote. They vote on, uh, we want more stuff about Google Tag Manager is a hot topic right now. Uh, and Google Shopping, I've been asked to create some more stuff around. So they're on the list for, for early next year. And that's all at ppcsavvy.com. So that's PPP, sorry, ppcsavvy.com. PPC Savvy. That's that's, I think, and certainly my goal with that is to make it the best training place for, for Google AdWords specifically. Uh, we've got some very, very smart Facebook people in there, but it's really around AdWords, uh, a little bit of analytics, Google Tag Manager, everything connected to AdWords. So that, that's that's the main place. Um, and if I, I, I'll just mention that the business, you know, what we do for, for a living is to, to run AdWords accounts for people. Um, we're fairly picky about who we bring in. Uh, but if your budget's 10 grand a month or more uh, and you have some data and a decent website, you're not a startup, you've been doing this for a little while and you suspect that your AdWords could be doing better, then uh, then we should talk and we'll uh, we'll audit your account for you. We'll have a look through and we'll tell you the issues that we see. And, and that's at websavvy.com.au and uh, info at websavvy.com.au is the best place to reach me and the team. Awesome. Well, there you go, listeners. Those resources, Mike's agency, his training portal, the book, and all of that other good stuff. If you haven't made a note of those web addresses, will be on the episode page for Traffic Jam 59. So you can get to that by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 59. That's the number 59 where you'll find a link to all of those resources. So Mike, just leaves me to thank you. Have an awesome Christmas. I hope you celebrate. I hope the wife enjoys those shoes you've been planning to buy. Her. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, all the best for the forthcoming year. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and to all your listeners. Uh, have a wonderful end of year. Have a relax. Go away, do nothing for a bit, and uh, let's all go crush it in 2015, eh? Awesome. Cheers, Mike. So that was Mike Rhodes from ppcsavvy.com for a deep dive into Google AdWords pay-per-click. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I dug deep into my training archives and pulled out my notes from a high-level marketing event where Mike presented his top AdWords innovations of the time. And in that presentation, he revealed several extremely powerful yet rarely utilized AdWords tools. Now, the notes are a couple of years old now, but the information is as powerful now as it was back then. Now, incidentally, I did travel 12,000 kilometers and paid several thousand dollars to attend that event. So I'm sure you'll find some value in the notes I took. So to get your hands on those notes, go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 59. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 59, where you can also join in on the discussion for this episode. Now, remember also to subscribe via iTunes and Stitcher Radio by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes and trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher. And of course, when you do that, you'll be the first to receive future shows as soon as they're released. Now, we end this week with a traffic jam. Of course, it's chosen by Mike Rhodes and the track he's opted for is called Hello Bonjour and it's by Michael Franti and Spearhead. So enjoy the track and I'll catch you back here real soon. One, Let me take you to the dance on 
Shaking up your head, styling on your head. So we dance to the rhythm, bounce to the rhythm, shake to the rhythm, and you roll to the rhythm. Sweat to the rhythm, get wet to the rhythm, make love to the rhythm, clean up to the rhythm. When you move in, you come alive, and when you groove in, in rhythm we survive. So don't panic, don't panic. No drum machines, this is all organic. Just sly and Robbie on the drums and the bass. On percussion and we mashing up the place Giving you a beat you can rock and roll to Giving you a sound you can shake your soul to So hip hoppers, punk rockers, loose rockers Even woodstockers, don't need a passport Just send a postcard, send me a message Let me know how you are Whether you are walking or driving in your car Throw your hands high, tell me who you are Say hello, hello, bonjour, bonjour Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.